0: Ruth chapter 1 I'm in verse 18 and when when she realized when she realized that she was determined to go with her she said no more to her and then they journeyed until they came to Bethlehem then they journeyed until they came to Bethlehem let's pray father in the name of Jesus fill this place with your powerful presence let your word touch our hearts Let it change our lives, and let us leave this place determined to serve you and to seek your face. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Have you ever found a book that you have a love-hate relationship with? You ever had such a book? You ever read such a book? I read such a book. I mean, I love the thing, but I hated it. You know why I hated it? It was like 25 pages, hardcover. And you have to pay ten bucks for it. Hated the book. you, yeah, you you're, you're, you're remember what I told you all about um, at Venice? Um, a ten-dollar bill and the Ten Commandments. They don't break any. you Remember? So I struggled, man. Ten bucks, twenty-five pages. Not, not only that. Not only that. The the message of this in the silly little book was so profound. This is why I love it. It changed my life forever, huh? And the author, Spencer Johnson, the man sold ten million copies of this little, silly, ridiculous book that changed my life. I know, a lot of adjectives. Work with me, y'all. You know, I was so excited about the book, and I kept, kept bragging about how it had changed my life, and it, it made me see things differently, and my thinking is no longer the same. My, my brother-in-law, trying to clown on me, he's like, you know, Dex, Jesus has been trying with you for the last 20 years, and he hasn't worked And Spencer came and changed your life in 30 minutes. What, what, what an occurrence. But the book, the book Spencer wrote was, Who Moved My Cheese? You you all know that book? Ridiculous, isn't it? Who Moved My Cheese? So the, the story of the book is about these mice, four mice. They were walking through, walking through a maze. And they were dead hungry. They were starving like Marvin. They were hungry. And as they were walking through and they were about to die for hunger, guess what? They discovered what? Cheese! They discovered cheese. Not only did they discover cheese, but they discovered a discovered a huge block of cheese. I mean, it was huge, like a water tank. I mean, two parking spaces in our know, parking lot. I mean, the cheese was so large that that I mean, think think about it. For those little mice, it was humongous. And they got so carried kind away, of man, they got happy. You know what they did? They moved their furniture and their beds right where the cheese was. Yeah, they, they, they got so glad that, 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 that one of them actually named the cheese Cheese Everett after the Mount, Mount Everett, you know. They were just excited, huge cheese, wow, we were hungry, we will never starve again for the rest of our lives. Spencer was so ridiculous that he actually named the mice. One was named, two of them were named um, Hem and Haw, and the other two were named Hurry and Scurry. So Hem and Haw, this is what they did. They, 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 they ate cheese, played dominoes, PS2, Scrabble, and went to sleep. The next day, talk about the discipline of sameness that Pastor Thomas preached about about a month ago. They perfected the discipline of sameness. The same thing over again. Got up ate cheese, Domino's, PS2, Madden, slept. Never had to work again. Never had to go hungry again. Never had to go walking through the maze looking for cheese ever, ever again. We love this. Cheese Everett. We'll never starve again. They didn't have to update their resume. You know, you know what I mean? They, they, they didn't have to worry about keeping the fire burning in their marriage because they had found something that would last forever where they would never have to lift a finger to push it along. Huh? But but, but hurry and scurry. Remember, those were the other two mice, right? Work, work with the man's story. It's not my story. If you don't like it, don't buy the book. Thank you. So, so, so hurry and scurry, right? They did the same thing. Move their bed. Move their furniture. And, and they got up, ate cheese, but they did something different. They went looking for new cheese. They had what you call vision. They had insight. They knew that no matter how large and grand and mountainous the cheese was, that one day, help me finish this thing, somebody. The cheese would What? It would run out. But you see, him and ho, I can't really blame them. Sometimes when you you struggle for so long and you find the thing you've been looking for, you almost begin to worship it. You almost begin to think, man, I'll never see that old life again. And you, you just get carried away. And that's what we come across in the first verse of the book of Ruth. That's what we come across in the first verse of the book of Ruth. The Bible says that in the days of the judges, that there was a famine in the land. There was a famine in the land. What I didn't tell you about the cheese story is that eventually, as you predicted, the cheese ran out. But Hem and Ho, they had gotten fat and lazy. And they didn't have the courage to go search for new cheese. They didn't have the energy. They didn't have the vision. But hurry and scurry, they had actually found cheese new cheese, and they had simply moved on. You see, in life, I have learned that change is inevitable. The only constant in life, the only thing that would happen, whether you believe it or not, whether you you work for it imperceptibly and subtly, change happens. Yeah, it does, it does. So in, in, in Ruth, Elimelech, the story begins with him, He lived in Bethlehem, and as we learned earlier in in, in the series, Bethlehem means what? Testing your attentiveness. The house of bread. In fact, it it, it referred to an area where there was plenty. It was Bethlehem was like living in Silicon Valley during the dot-com boom. Bethlehem was like living on Wall Street when they were selling mortgages like they were going crazy. And they were going crazy. You know that, right? Yeah, that, was, that was Bethlehem. It was a place of plenty. It was a place where, where abundance ruled the day. And, and then all of a sudden, there was a famine. Like I said, change will come. So too in life, famines will come. I don't mean to be a prophet of doom, but famines will come. Life will not always be a bed of roses. Difficulty and hardship comes to all. No wonder Peter said to the church, he said, think it not a strange thing when you suffer fiery trials because famines, famines and turmoils and tribulations and troubles, they will come. As long as you exist on a sinful, broken, dark planet, famines will come. It will come it will come i don't mean to be the bearer of bad news but famines just it's just a part of our existence and and elimelech didn't prepare for the famine he did not he didn't prepare for the famines he did not he did not he didn't plan or or project or he had no vision he didn't realize that that the 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 good time. Will not last for, forever. He didn't realize that. So the famines came. And when the famines came, what did he do? He began to make some rash decisions. No, 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 no. I can't blame Elimelech because, you see, he lived in Bethlehem, which is the house of bread. And, and, and sometimes, and, and Bethlehem is, is where David would later be born, and Bethlehem was a, was a place known for, for its worship of God, and it was supposed to be sacred, and, but, but, but even, even though God has ordained something, that, that doesn't mean famine wouldn't come. Remember where we live, right? That doesn't mean that troubles wouldn't happen, even though God, God's hands is on it. So some of us struggle, right, because we know that the person we hooked up with, God whispered in your ears. I know, it could have been an echo, but you're saying, God whispered in your ear. The feelings that you felt in your stomach. No, it wasn't because you didn't eat on time. That had to be Jesus. Yes, it had to be Jesus. And, 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 and because that person was sent by God, because the relationship was ordained by God himself, you, you tell yourself, man, what, why in the world would we have problems You have problems because you got hooked up with a human being. Hello? Famines will come. Famines will come. Now, 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 uh, I've realized that I have, uh, as I researched and I prayed over the passage, thought about, you know, what what do we share this morning? Now, there are several different changes that we make. I'm saying we, we always need to be looking for new cheese. Don't ever be lulled into thinking that things are going to always remain the same. I know you've got, you got a good job, but don't think that a crisis wouldn't come. Why aren't we planning? Why aren't we planning for just in case we become disabled? Why aren't we planning for our, 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 our kids and how are they going to pay for college? Why aren't we looking ahead? Because a lot of times we think having, having faith means that you don't need to think. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? Having faith means that you don't need to plan, you don't need to sit down and and, and 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 think ahead about your future. Man, I used to think that if I had faith, then I don't even need to save money. In fact, I believe that the more broke I was, is is the more trust and confident I had in God. And I had a lot of confidence in God, we all. That was just my impression. If 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 I could keep it, I mean, I was just broke where I spoke into my pocket. And my voice would echo, you know, broke, awfully broke. But I thought, I thought that if the the more I was like that, that God would would show himself to be a provider. So I saw faith. Faith for me was really presumptuousness. That wasn't faith. I mean, you know know those days when you you, you wrote a check, right? And you know you didn't have a dime in the bank. Should I be confessing my illegal activities right here? (laughs) Wrote a check, didn't have a dime. You didn't want it to bounce, right? So what do you do? You wrote a check from, from Wells Fargo to cover that other check that you wrote from Bank of America, knowing well that you didn't have money in Wells Fargo either, but hoping that by Friday, when we get paid, that it would be on time. Lily, you like you sound like you know what I'm talking about. Back in the day, right? Back in the day. So, 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 faith, faith does not mean lack of thinking. Faith does not mean thoughtlessness, Huh? So he did not plan for the famine, planning and preparing for, for, for times when you may not have or when the cheese runs out doesn't mean you don't trust in God. It means you're using the sense that he gave you. Amen. That's what it means. That's just what it means. It means that you're using the good sense he gave you. And not because, not because. They asked the couple. They said, man, you guys are married for 40-something years. What in the world keeps it going? Your love for Jesus? They said, yes, yes, our love for Jesus. But not only that, we still give the roses. She still whispers sweet nothings in my air. We still go out for dates as if we are courting, huh? Planning and, and being thoughtful and and, and and projecting down the road does not mean that I have no faith or I don't trust God. So Elimelech made some crazy decisions simply because simply because he, he didn't plan. He didn't plan. He didn't think that the cheese called Bethlehem would ever run out. You know, I, I like some of the financial planning people that talk about having an emergency fund now, now liking them and doing what they say is is a, that's two different conversations you know that but i like them they an emergency fund right right germaine they will tell you it's like 6 months of your expenses 6 months 6 months save it up and it's an emergency fund emergency isn't your new china hello emergency isn't vacation in the islands thank you it's not emergency. Emergency is when you lose your job or, or, or something catastrophic happens in your life. That's emergency. It's, 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 it's just good sense because what happens if, if let's say you lose your job, right? You have six months of your expenses. It then gives you time to be thoughtful about what you really want, time to be thoughtful about your next move, time to, to, be, to think and be thoughtful about about what you'd really like for your future as you make changes because change will come. Cheese would run out I like the mice that went for new cheese. Now, I read the book and I felt silly because I'm like, man, how could two mice be smarter than I am? Of course, it's a story. I fell for it. Sorry. Like you do in the movies, you go crying like your crazy, silly self crying, and you saw on the screen producer, director, and you're still crying. Come on. So why can't I fall for the story? Give me a break. Fall for the story. I'm like, no way. Those mice can't be smarter than I am. They're not Dr. Mice. I'm Dr. Thomas. You know what I'm saying? No way. No way, but it, it jolted me into being more thoughtful and proactive about the life that God had given, has given me to manage and to be a steward over. So there are two kind of changes. There are several ways of changing, but I just want to focus on two really quickly. The, the first kind of change that we usually make is crisis-centered change. Crisis-centered change is when you make changes on the run, when emergencies happen and you didn't give it one thought, crisis-centered change. When you you make decisions based only on your emotions with no thoughtfulness, with no planning, with no preparation, crisis-centered change. So so he said to me, she cheated on me. So you know what I did? I cheated back on her. I didn't know I would become a player. No, he he didn't know that. Crisis-centered change. She said, well, pastor, he said that I've gotten too fat. So what I did? I did a diet. Yep, Jenny Craig. I did a diet. I didn't want... I wasn't concerned about changing my lifestyle. I just wanted something quick. Crisis-centered change. And crisis-centered changes never improve our characters. They are never lasting. And like Alemelech and his family, they always lead to death. They always lead us down a road where we would look back in regret... And sorrow that we make those decisions without being thoughtful. Crisis centered change is what they are. So, Elimelech, he moved his entire family, packed the U haul, gave away his stuff. They argued about who is being a pack rat or not, which stuff to leave, keep. A, a, a decision without thinking into the land of Moab. Well, who are your sons going to get married to? He wasn't thinking about that. His sons, Marlon and Chilion, meant sickly and, 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 and fragile. Elimelech, who was supposed to mean God is my king. God was supposed to be his king, but he moved to a land where Satan reigned. Got his sons' wives that most likely would have led him away from the God who he had taught them to worship. Crisis-centered change. Yes, change is good. Change is crucial. It's, it's important that you, you, you think ahead and you, you look at your life. Where, where would my life be in five years and, and in 10 years? And what, what about the decisions that I'm making today? How do they affect how I would live tomorrow? It's, it's, it's crucial. But, but you, you want to make You want to make not crisis-centered change. The other kind of change I see in the passage is vision-centered change. Tell the person next to you vision-centered change. Oh, tell them with some attitude what is wrong with you. Vision-centered change. Yeah, vision-centered change. And this is what Naomi did. Naomi had vision-centered change. She she, she didn't like being in Moab. She didn't like the life that they lived in Moab. They looked at the wrong movies. They had the wrong kind of drinks. She didn't like the clubs. None of the life in Moab she liked. So she deliberately made up her mind to return to a land where God was praised. To a place where God was worshipped. To a place where God was honored and magnified and glorified. She deliberately did. Now it, it came with a price. She knew it would be difficult because she left Bethlehem full with a family and now she was returning as a, as a nobody. She, she could have suffered ridicule and, and, and shame, but she didn't mind. She preferred to be in a place where God, where God was honored and lifted up than to be in a land where the name of God was only used as a curse word. Made up her mind, she made a vision-centered change in order to return to the land of Bethlehem. Now, her, her daughter-in-laws decided to, to roll with her. They're like, girl, we're with you. We, we are with you, nay. We are with you. We are going back. And she deliberately decided to talk them out of it. You see, you, 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 you want to be careful that, that, that people who are accompanying you on the journey have the same mindset and heart like you do. You want to be careful that the folks that, that you're dating, huh, that 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 they that they serve the same God you serve and that you guys have similar values you you want to ensure that the friends that you kick it with that that somewhere or the other you may not be on the same level but at least you're heading to, to, to the same place you're in the same direction so she wanted to ensure that, that the that the that the daughter in laws that they understood the change that they were making. He, she, she, and she wanted to make sure that they weren't making a crisis-centered change because mama is going I'm rolling with her. No! She wanted to ensure that they, were, that they were being purposeful, that they were being thoughtful, that they were being serious about wanting to go back to a land that wasn't theirs. So she talked them out of it. Listen, girls, I ain't got no man for you. Yeah, I know. Naomi was from East Oakland, y'all. I ain't got no man for you. And, and, and in Bethlehem, life for a single woman is hell. You may not be protected, you'll have to hustle just like a man, you, 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 you have to provide for yourself and the, 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 the place is filled with violence, you could be raped, you could be kidnapped and not only that, you girls are foreign women, you'll be discriminated against and there are no laws against sexism Um, for foreign women. Make up your minds. Know what you're doing. Count the cost. Don't just come with me. She wanted them to make vision center changes. And Orpha said, Whoo boy, I'm glad you told me. Goodbye. See you later, alligator. Naomi was like, after a while, crocodile. Yeah, she's like, I'm not going. But Ruth kind of Hung on, she, she stuck around and, and Naomi continued to, to kind of paint the picture. Ruth, listen to me, girl. Is better you better off going back serving your, your old gods and, and, and being in a culture that you're familiar with. Don't come on this journey. There's nothing I can offer you. But Ruth had made up her mind. Ruth had purposed in her heart, she had she had decided in her spirit that she rather serve God in a strange land than to be without him in a place of plenty. Ruth reminded me of Daniel. When they decide to throw him in the lion's den, Daniel preferred to be in the lion den with God than to be in the palace of a king without him. Ruth, Ruth, Ruth reminded me of Moses who in Hebrews 11 from verse 23 says that he preferred to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin, which is for what? Just a season, Ruth had made up her mind. She had determined in her heart that she... That she, she 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 was gonna she was gonna serve God or die. So verse eighteen or scripture, our focus it says that when Naomi realized that Ruth was dead serious, she quit. She no longer encouraged her to leave, no longer kept pushing her away. And I like what Naomi did because let me tell you, let me tell you too many times. Too many times we take people on a journey with us that ain't ready. I mean, even in serving Jesus, you know, as, 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 um, as an evangelist, I travel and I preach and a lot of people decide to be baptized. But let me tell you the truth. Even in following Jesus, He is so cautious about you making flippant decisions. He said that you need to, Luke 14 from verse 26, Jesus said you need to count the cost before you follow me. Understand that following me means that you may have to change your diet. Following me means that, that, that you, 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 you may not have the same friends that you used to kick it with. Following me means that, that the things you used to do, you may not want to do them, and count the cost. Count the cost. And that's what Naomi was doing. Ruth, I want you to be thoughtful about this journey that you're about to take. It's it's not easy. It's not simple. It's not a cakewalk. But Ruth was determined. Ruth's heart was made up. Ruth's mind was set that she was serving God come what may. And let me tell you what I've learned. What I've learned on the battlefields of life. What I've learned as I read the uh, read, continue to read the story of Ruth is that, is that those who choose to follow God, those who are fixed in their minds and determined in their hearts that they're going to serve Him come what may, God never forsakes them. Never lets you down, He, he never disappoints you. Now, now, now sometimes the, the circumstances may still not be favorable, but you're always better off when your life is hidden in Jesus. Then when you're living on your own, you're always better off. Even because even though the famines come, even though the famines come like the, like the children's song says, with Christ in the vessel, we can always smile at the storms. Huh? Even though the difficult time comes, unlike when I used to be in the world and I felt like blowing my brain out, now there is a peace. Help me, somebody, that pass it all understanding. No, there's a joy that the world didn't give, and the world can't take away, because I'm in Jesus. That's why Paul says in Colossians 1:27 that Christ in me is the hope of glory. Christ in me, that's the power, that's the power of Christ being with us and in us. It's, it's a different me now. I, I live differently. I think differently. I'm always better off. And the story of Ruth tells how successful she was, how blessed God had made her because she chose, she chose, she chose to serve him rather than live her old lifestyle. How profound the reformation and the transformation was in her life. No, no wonder she was, she was willing to go and work her tail off in that field because she, she knew what she was getting into. She knew what she was getting into. You know how it would have been if Naomi had taken offer with her? You know what it is to take someone on a long journey who didn't want to come in the first place? Man, you'll have to carry them and their loads. You know know what it is to marry someone that really didn't want to be a wife or a husband? Huh? What misery we so often put ourselves in. You need to be prepared for change. And serious about it before we make those steps. Huh? So a lot of times some people are like, you know, Lord, please. All the single folks in church. That's like half of the church. Lord, please bless me with a husband. Bless me with a wife. And God is thinking, are you serious? You still keep your house nasty. You're still out of shape. Are you serious or you are just kidding? You're still not patient. You fly off the handle really easily and you want to live with somebody else? You can't even live with you. How many times have you, have you threatened yourself to put yourself out? And you, you're talking about living with another person 24-7? God is like, why, why would I bring them? So that you can have one year of marriage and then another divorce in the church? So instead of praying, Lord, send me the right person, somebody should start praying, Lord, make me the right person. Build my character. Help me to be patient and more loving, Lord. Help help, help me to practice with, with, with the family that I have. Let me be patient with them. Even though I want to swing on them, God knows I do. But teach me to have the long suffering of Jesus. Huh? Make me the right person. Because you need to be serious about change. One guy said to me, he said, you know, Dex, you're talking about marriage, man? He said, before you say, I do You should first be able to say, I can. (laughs) Women are expensive. Hello. (laughs) We need to be prepared for the change. If we're serious about moving to that other place, need to be prepared for the change. So Ruth was prepared. So excited that she could have gone out on the field. She never murmured. She was prepared her heart was filled with gratitude for every kindness she received because she was prepared. She came into it expecting little so that, so that when God gave her, she was so grateful and excited. She was blessed and thankful because she came in it expecting nothing. So that when God overwhelmed her, her heart was filled with gratitude for her Savior. And because Ruth chose to serve God, because Ruth chose to to live her life for her savior more than for her own country. A few years later, God hooked up with a fine man, thank you, Jesus, as a foreign woman, and one of their sons, King David. One of their sons, our Lord Jesus. He himself had to experience farming. But in the midst of his farming, when he was thinking about giving it up and, and turning his back on the mission that he was sent to accomplish in the midst of his famine when, 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 when all hell had broken loose and he was seeing the, the darkness of death and not even sure if he would be resurrected from the dead, don't even know if he would be able to see beyond the portals of the tomb during Jesus' famine. I believe, family, that he thought about you and I that needed his grace that needed his example, that needed his, his power to change, that needed his saving grace. And he said, I'm going to bite the bullet for them. Like his great-grandmother Ruth, Jesus said to God, God, your people is my people. I'm going to die so that somebody would be able to live. There might be someone today, you, you, want, you want to experience newness and change in your life. You don't know how to get it. You don't know how to access it might be foreign to you but today I proclaim to you a God who will save you and touch you and bless you in the midst of the famine you know I'll tell you about newness ever so often we need to plan and be so intentional about having newness in our lives you need to open the the doors of your hearts and the windows of your of your life and allow the fresh air of God's spirit to come and blow in I remember a couple of years ago, I was rolling with the Boreros, and we were, we were house hunting. And um, Tony, being as nosy as he is, decided to open the refrigerator of one of, the, one of those foreclosed properties that we were looking at. Whew, he opened that thing, he almost fainted. And he's too heavy for me to carry him. So he would have been on that ground even now. <laughs> but I'll tell you this, I'll tell you this. I mean, it was so funny because we were thinking, man, I think we have, we have discovered an archaeological finding. You see the carcasses of the animals that were on the ark? I think we found them. It was nasty. But that's what happens when, there's, when our lives are stagnant, when there are no changes in our lives. Our stuff begins to stink. And you want the fresh power of God to flow in your life today. You want to experience some newness. And God, there are so many promises in God's word that, that, that offer us that newness. He said in Philippians 1, that he which began a good work in you, that he himself is able to finish it. it says in Isaiah 40, 41, that though the young men grow weary and, and the old faint, That they that wait upon the Lord, he'll renew their strength. They shall run and not be weary, shall walk and never faint. God offers power, he offers newness, so that you don't have to keep living like you're living. I mean, again, 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 think about your life. Think about the choices and the decisions you have been making. Where would you be a year from now? Would you still be addicted? Would you still be depending on substances to take away the grief? and the pain that you're feeling in your heart, why not bring that to Jesus? Why not bring that to someone who says that he is able to keep you from falling? Why not bring that to someone who can heal you from your hurts and your hang-ups? Why not bring that to someone that says that he can mend your broken heart? So I wanna pray for someone this Sabbath. Wanna offer someone the opportunity to say, Jesus, I want that change. I want to be a roof. I want to be able to serve you no matter what. Yeah, it's going to be difficult. But God, I prefer to serve you than, than to live the way I'm living. Sometimes you, you have to get to the place where you're just sick and tired of being sick and tired. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you just have to get to the place where you're like, you know what, man? I cannot keep living like this. I've tried to change myself and it hasn't worked. Why not try something different? I'm saying that different that I'm offering you today is my Lord and my best friend, Jesus. There are a bunch of folks in this place. Man, if you know the life we used to live, you would think that you're a saint. And God has touched us. He's moved into our hearts and He has has given us new desires and new feelings and new thoughts. We don't understand everything about Him. But the one thing we know is that while we were yet sinners, that he died so that we can find life. The one thing we know, that behold what love the Father has bestowed upon us, that he has called the sons and daughters of God. The one thing we know is that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that if we were to believe in him, we will not perish but have everlasting life. And I want to offer that God to you this Sabbath. Stand with me as we pray as we seek the face of our God, as we ask him to bring about change in our lives, as we pray for newness, as we ask him to give us the, the wisdom to make vision-centered changes. Pray with me, your heads about Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for life. Thank you for hope. Thank you, O oh Father, for the courage and the strength To stand in this place and to seek Your face, we are so grateful for Your amazing love, Lord, that You accepted us before we we thought about You. And as our heads are bowed, our heads are bowed, and our hearts are lifted to heaven, we are praying right now. I want to ask, real simple request: Is there someone today, whether you're a guest or whether you've been coming for a while, you want to say, Pastor? I want that change. And I I don't want to keep living like I'm living. I want God to touch me. I really want to pray for you this morning, this afternoon. I want to pray for you. I I want to call you and encourage you on your journey. If you're here today, I don't need you to move from where you are. All I need you to do is lift your hands. People are praying for you right now all over this building. People are crying out to God that your life would be touched. that you won't have to go through the pain and the heartbreak that you keep going through over and over that God could come right in right now and break that cycle that no matter what addictions you're struggling with that God God is is always a greater savior than you are a sinner that he has has more grace and more power than you have weaknesses wherever you are wherever you are right now I just need you to lift your hands just keep them up just lift your hands where you are we want to pray for you. We're waiting for others to make this move right now. Just lift your hands where you are. You want to say, Pastor, I, I want that God. I want him to touch me. And there might be some, there might be some. You have, you have strayed away. Not been walking the walk anymore. And you're saying, I want to come back. I want to make that vision center change. Just lift your hands where you are also. Right now, really quickly, lift your hands. Oh God, thank you for those who have said yes. My prayer, Father, is that you would bless, you would give power and strength, and that you would hold their hands, oh God, and let them know about your your amazing love and your kindness and your unconditional compassion. Bless us real good today in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen.